Welcome to the Ian Bowsfield Experience. I'm glad you're here. This series of podcasts are just things that come up in my mind when I'm thinking about playing, when I'm thinking about teaching, and general thoughts about music. There are some things here that I hope you'll find really useful. And don't forget, if you've got any comments or if there's anything you want to discuss further, go to ianbowsfield.com. As I make this recording, we're approaching the New Year's Day concert with the Vienna Philharmonic. Um, I'm often, often asked what it was like to play the New Year's Day concert. Um, And I thought I'd just share a few of my very happy reminiscences with you. Um, It is a wonderful, wonderful experience and a wonderful concert put on by a wonderful institution let me make that clear right now I loved it I feel incredibly privileged to have um, taken part Um, I think let's dive right in that my first news day concert was I think first of January 2002 it would have been with Niklaus Hanenkor um and he was you know sadly no longer with us but he he was famous for practically single-handedly having invented the um um historical music scene so original instrument scene um as he often liked to say it was kind of invented in his living room in Graz in 1954 <laughs> he was a great great uh, scholar and academic and I used to love every single rehearsal that I ever played with him um, because I learnt things from him that I still use every day in my life I, either as a performer um, or as a um, as a teacher. Now of course Hanancourt being Hanancourt he wasn't just going to do an ordinary Newsday concert, stand up and beat three in a bar or one in a bar for two hours and he really researched the repertoire and really researched the style and the phrasing and the articulation Um, which didn't go down well with all of the colleagues but for me I found it incredibly special Um, but anyway I digress slightly what's it like to do well um I can compare it a little bit to um, like when you play in a big band with a really amazing jazz player next to you. What you see on the page is not what you hear. We all know that one, don't we? Um, When I was in London, I used to do quite a lot of sessions, film sessions or or light sessions, and very often someone like the, the amazing Mark Nightingale would be in the section in case... Um, any um, jazz sort of like solos came up after a lot of chord sequences and you know it's it's just another language we all know that one well that's what it's like when you do the New Year's Day concert that tradition the heritage of what they bring is something that goes back musically into the 1800s and it was the only time I ever played anything in an orchestra where what you saw on the page was not what you heard. And 
I'm not just talking about these delayed second beats and all that sort of stuff. That's we we can all do that. That's like entry level Viennese waltzes. <laughs> you know, they're just the way that you know you wouldn't get any straight eights. There'd be no eights going da 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 going da 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 ever so slightly. I don't know the feeling because, in my opinion, we have to remember that that music is rooted in a time when or in a time before Pierre Boulez taught the world to subdivide <laughs> that um, the rhythms the 16th wasn't a 16th an 8th wasn't an exact mathematic 8th came from a time when it had an emotional meaning and every single uh, rhythm was up for negotiation and that orchestra has pre preserved that all of the way through to today. Now, of course, don't think I'm criticising, you know, that movement in, in the 20th century where, you know, a 16th was a bloody 16th. <laughs> if you don't do that, you can't play half of the standard literature these days. It would just fall to pieces. However, the Vienna Philharmonic, when they play that music, Reminders of another age, another time. Um, and it's based very much in the uh, Wiener Schrammel, uh, Schrammel uh, tradition. Um, this sort of like Viennese folk music. And again, these people, when they were originally doing it, I'm not sure they could actually read music. You know, it was genuine folk music. Um and that's what he's really brought into the into that Newsday concert. When I did my first one, of course, it was this incredible sound world, amazing thing, really an amazing, amazing musical experience. And as I said, not everybody was happy with what Hahn and Cole was doing. But every, as with everything in Vienna, everybody has a slightly different idea as to what Viennese style is. Um, and there's... Um, the uh, great former first trumpet player, Hans-Peter Schuh, described it as, there's a coffee they always sell called the Wiener Mischung, the Viennese mixture. And that's kind of what, how the orchestra works, you know? It's like the Wiener Mischung. It's like, it's somehow they kind of like negotiate these different ideas as to how they're going to make it work. And, but that's that is discussing or not agreeing with how a conductor wanted to do things was a tradition that went right back to when uh, Vili Boskovsky used to direct all of the concerts. Um, he was concertmaster in the, in the orchestra for many years and directed the New Year's concerts from 1955 to 1979. And apparently he used to stand, you know, I mean, he used to stand and direct from the violin and apparently all his colleagues used to argue with him the whole time. <laughs> but the, uh, the result is special, as we've all heard. It's, it's really, really wonderful. Um, the other thing that you need to know as an outsider is if you've never been there, on the television, the Musikverein looks like a really big concert hall. It's not. I think it only, I think it holds less than a thousand people. And it's like the walls are coming in on you. You know, you're surrounded. It's really a small sort of like crucible, um, atmosphere. And so... You know, when you've got all of those people sitting behind you, above you, 
you know it's like they're so close to you it's a very intimate atmosphere which i learned to love it was wonderful and of course the whole sounds magnificent um another thing you have to get used to is having a television camera between you and the first trumpet player <laughs> and you always knew that that one of you had something that was reasonably important because you'd hear this very sort of background and then you'd look to your left and there'd be a camera lens about about a foot away from your head um so you knew that you know you should be careful with the bit that was coming up that's that's a bit of a scary scenario actually to um perform live to one billion people one billion um the music that we played never tended to be that technically difficult but it nevertheless focuses your attention when you know it's not just your mom and dad who are watching you know and I guess that sort of brings us on to a slightly related topic, which is of this digital concert hall, the Berlin Philharmonic, um, where all of their concerts are um, broadcast live. And I personally don't know how I would feel about that. I kind of got out of orchestras before this happened. I guess it's going to be standard soon. You know, every concert from every orchestra is going to be live online. And I think I... Not sure how I would approach that um, because there's a difference between giving a live communicative performance to a live audience. It's like this happening thing that's happening in real time with real people in a real place, and also performing for a potential audience of who knows how many million for all eternity who are not in the concert hall, who might be drinking a glass of wine or eating their tea or travelling to work. They're two completely different audiences and you set the performance up differently. Now, I mean, I'm a trained London musician. I know how to sit there and not make mistakes. I can do that. But it tends to have a different musical feel, different musical atmosphere. Um, so... So I don't know how I would feel about being in the Berlin Philharmonic. I think there'd be a lot of stress. What do you, I mean, what do you do? Do you just sit there and try and get the notes? Or, or, do, you, or do you really go for it and, and try and do something special and spectacular? But know that actually, if it goes wrong, it might be there for all eternity. Um, I mean, the only sort of time that I dipped my toe in the water with that is if you look online for the Bolero that I did with Dudamel. That was... Uh, I really didn't know what to do with that when I performed that because I was, you know, I just, in the end, just decided to go for it. But I was scared. I was very scared. I make that, no, no bones about it. I was, that was a scary, scary experience. Because if I'd fallen over, you would have been watching, uh, you know, a, a video of uh, the first trombone player in the Vienna Philharmonic falling over on Bolero. And before we go any further, no, that was not me on the recording you've all heard. <laughs> So anyway, that's again another tangent. I ramble. I'm sorry. Um, one of the things that gives you a lot of stress in the New Year's concert is for any of you who've played this stuff, there are a lot of repeats and there are a lot of going to Waltz 2, Polka 2, Da Capos, Codas, go forward, spring back, go all over the place. And... It is scary because you never know if you've got a forte entrance. It's like, 
should I play now? Have we played that? Did we do that repeat? Do we go back to here? No matter how well you write it in in the rehearsals, there's always that moment of doubt. That, to be honest, is probably the biggest stress. Um, and um, I have to confess that on a couple of, of New Year's concerts, I actually did suck a couple of notes back in because <laughs> I realised it was in the wrong place. There was, however, one conductor I played for. I played for uh, one uh, New Year's Day concert with Zubin Mehta, and he, of all of the conductors, his body language, and he conducted it, if I, if, if I remember, huh, very appropriate word, if I, remember, I think he conducted it from memory. And you, you could tell by his body language where you were going. You knew exactly what was going to happen. In actual fact, you almost didn't need to write in the re which were repeats, which were without repeats, which were... It was quite remarkable. But as many of you who many of you know, I'm actually quite a conductor fan. Um, so the ones I, I played for, Hahn and Court, really special sound world. Um, Zubin Mehta, played for Barenboim. I played one with Ricardo Muti, one with Lauren Mazel. So I did quite a few of them. And these are all masters of the, of the News Day concert. Um, Another thing that you might find quite interesting is actually the New Year's Day concert, when you listen to it, it's not the first concert. And uh, it's at least the third, if not the fourth. Memory fails me, it's seven years since I did one, or seven or eight years since I did one. So it's actually the third or the fourth concert. And um, the um, there's the one the night before, um, which is the <laughs> one with the ticket prices where normal people can just afford them. <laughs> the one on New Year's Day, as you know, actually goes to a lottery and they're, they're fearsomely expensive. Um, supply and demand, I suppose. So there's the one the night before. Lots of run-throughs. Um, and, you know, to the Viennese, I think New Year's, the New Year's celebration is possibly bigger than Christmas. I might be wrong, but it's certainly not smaller and um, certainly the younger members of the orchestra didn't let um, the New Year's Day concert get in the way of their celebrations um, and uh, I fell foul of that once or twice as well and um, so you finish up going to bed quite late and then thinking well this is not a good concert to turn up late for um, <laughs> so you brush yourself up and get yourself you know of course with all of the lights and that sort of stuff you, you concentrate but in the end I was like the last ones I did, you know, you'd finish the concert at 10 o'clock in the evening, go home, go straight to bed. Don't drink anything. Don't celebrate New Year. <laughs> You're playing the New Year's Day concert the next day. Um, and also after the concert, um, on the 1st of January, there's also an opera performance in the Vienna State Opera. Now, usually those people who are playing the, the New Year's Day concert... Um, they they say to their colleague, look, you don't need to come in and play the opera that night. I'll do it. So so the uh, the celebrations tend to continue through the afternoon, and uh, it's it's a all round lovely experience. Um, I have to say, you know, and the 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 first of January Fledermaus in the in the opera is also a great pleasure. The other thing is, which many of you will, in fact, no, most of you won't know is, you know, those wonderful, wonderful flowers, the floral display in the Musikverein, in that concert, there, I mean, it is even better live 
than it looks on the television. It's just phenomenal. And um, they are there for the, um, <laughs> the duration of the concert. And as soon as that concert is finished, they are shredded. Everyone just helps themselves to them and takes them home. There were a couple of years when I had these huge bouquets that I took home. They were beautiful flowers. Um, it was really, really fantastic. So, um, yeah, there are some of my thoughts on the New Year's Day concert. Um, it, I didn't listen to it for a few years after I left. I don't know why. But I didn't. Um, my wife did. She sat down and watched it on the television. And I kind of went and cooked a meal or, you know, whatever. But I have started listening to it again. Um, and it is a special, special occasion. Um, and I'm, like I, like I said in the beginning, I'm just so, so honoured that I got the chance to do it. I hope you enjoy the New Year's concert this year. I'll be listening to this time. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. If there are any issues that you found particularly interesting, don't forget to contact me and always go to uh, ianbowsfield.com for lots more interesting stuff.